Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Aloha! So happy to be joining with you today. Aren't we blessed? (laughs) Yes, indeed. It's a beautiful day here on the island of Kauai, which I'm just about to leave. I'm going to Las Vegas this week for the Course of Miracles conference, and there might even be still some tickets left. Uh, if you look at jenniferhadley.com on the events page, you can get all the details there. Yeah, For those who are impulsive, and uh, it's, it's a nice time to join together with like-minded souls. I, I love it because I get to see so many people that I love all gathered in one place. That That's the... That's the bonus of it for me so perhaps i'll see you there if i do we please come say hi let's have a hug exchange (laughs) and join together have a holy instant together so i'm jennifer hadley and our topic this week is problem solving the course of miracles way And let's begin, as we always do, with a blessing. I invite you to place your hand on your heart. We take this breath of love and gratitude together. We anchor ourselves in the one love, one mind, one life, one heart, one peace, one freedom. We're consciously choosing to remember ourselves as the perfect love that we already are. We're consciously choosing to release all judgments and opinions that we've held against ourselves and others. We're remembering our divinity and the divinity of all life. We're celebrating our willingness today. We're celebrating our miracle-mindedness today. And we're grateful and thankful to put every problem that we perceive we have onto that holy altar fire of divine love. We're giving the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting of solving all the perceived problems and we're opening our hearts and minds to the answers, to the insight, to the wisdom, to the clarity. So grateful and so thankful to recognize I am that I am and I am one with the I am presence everywhere. So our healing benefits all. We share the benefits with all consciously because we're one with them. In deep and abiding gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Indeed. So we're going to turn to chapter 26, which is entitled The Transition. It's making this transition from ego identification to holy identification. And Course in Miracles teaches us that there's only one problem that we think we have. And honestly, it's that we think we have a problem. We don't. Uh, The one problem that we think we have is that we think we're separate from our divinity. And in thinking that we're separate from our divinity, from the divinity of all life, we, when we are aware of our oneness with God, and that we are God's own, we are not separate from God, then we're directly accessing our power. So the power is in the mind. And all the problems we think we have stem from not accessing the power in our mind. So when we're unloving, when we're unkind, when we're impatient, when we're not generous, when we're critical, when we're ashamed, when we're judgmental, then we do not have clear access to our divinity because we're in denial of it. 
when we're judging, when we're complaining, we're denying the divinity of all life. We're denying our divinity. And it's very challenging to have any clarity at all. And so that's when it seems like we have a lot of problems. It starts to feel like it's a problem city. That's where we live. So in uh, chapter 26, section 2, it's entitled, Many Forms, One Correction. So the sense of separation, the belief in separation, can take many forms, myriad of forms in this world in which we seem to live, but there's one correction. So let's be clear what that is. So it says here, it is not difficult to understand the reasons why you do not ask the Holy Spirit to solve all problems for you. He has not greater difficulty in resolving some than others. Every problem is the same to the Holy Spirit because each problem is solved in just the same respect and through the same approach. The aspects that need solving do not change, whatever form the problem seems to take. A problem can appear in many forms, and it will do so while the problem lasts. It serves no purpose to attempt to solve it in a special form. So, the aspects that need solving do not change whatever form the problem seems to take. So, the problem is our belief in separation. And it will take all these different forms. So it serves no purpose to attempt to solve it in a special form. So let's take this to heart. Because we can read this. And we can say we know it. But until we take it to heart and live it and apply it, it is meaningless. It's just information. Information isn't healing. It's the practical application that is healing. That is what transforms our mind. So let's just look at what is being said to us here. If you just think for a moment, one of the things we can say as spiritual students is, many spiritual students, especially those who've been studying a long time, so this is me, I'm talking to myself here. We don't like to say we have a problem. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Because we know, intellectually, I only have one problem. It's my belief in separation. And I know separation isn't real, so therefore I have no problems. Right? Can I get an amen on that? So, just to take a sip of my tea here. Yet, we can have what I like to call my problems, challenges. I have challenges in this world. And I've long said that I prefer challenges to problems. I prefer challenges to difficulties. Instead of thinking things are hard, I'd rather think they're challenging. And it's not semantics to me, because... I learn and grow through challenges. Problems? Problems don't cause me to learn and grow. It's recognizing that I have no problems. (laughs) That causes me to challenge and grow, uh, to change and grow. So I say that, let's say you were to wake me up early in the morning and say, okay, Jennifer, it's time to get up. Today, going to be a lot of challenges. A lot of challenges today, but you're going to learn and you're going to grow. It's going to be an amazing day. I'm throwing the covers back. Let me at it. I'm so happy to be alive. Thank you, God. And thank you, God, for my challenges because I'm interested in that growth. I'm interested in the clarity and the expansion that comes with it as my challenges always bring me the insight, the wisdom, the clarity. I'm grateful for that, the strength. I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. Now, if you were to wake me up, everything else being the same, and say, Jennifer, you're going to have a lot of problems today. 
It's going to be a lot of problem solving going on. I, not so much, not so enthusiastic. If you said today it's going to be difficult, it's going to be hard, lots of problems. I'm thinking, uh, gee, maybe today is going to be National Get Horizontal Day. And I'm going to chillax and let the Holy Spirit deal with those problems. Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to get horizontal for a while or meditate or do something else. But tackling those problems, I know. I, I don't like problem solving. It's not my thing. I like doing puzzles because they feel challenging to me. But there's something about the, the vibration of problem solving that I have to agree I have difficulties. I have to agree I have problems. I, I, I like a lot of spiritual students, I don't wish to make that, that leap into problems. So let's transform everything into a challenge. It's a challenge to remember that we're not separate, that we're one. And it's a challenge worthy of our mind. It is a challenge that we can fully partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. I, intellectually, I can say, I know there's no separation. But until I'm living it with every fiber of my being, every aspect of my awareness, I don't fully know it. Not yet. So that's what I'm interested in knowing. I'm on my way to fully knowing there is no separation. And that really interests me. So the challenges support me in that. So it serves no purpose to attempt to solve the problem in a special form. So if we just take a list here, of what, what, what are the perceived challenges? Or problems, if you like to call them problems. What are the perceived challenges? Okay, so we might have relationship challenges. Who among us does not? I, I, I'm sure the Dalai Lama's got relationship problems. <laughs> I'm sure the relationship, the Buddha had, had challenges with some of his students, some relationship issues, relationship challenges, relationship problems. Jesus, you know, there are times I'm sure when he, was looking at the apostles and thinking, this is challenging, teaching these men. This is challenging. This is challenging. So, we have our challenges. We are giving the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. But we have challenges in our relationships. We have challenges in our finances. We have challenges in our health, our wealth, our well-being. We have challenges at work. We have challenges at play. We have challenges all over the place. Because we're growing, growing, growing. We're learning, learning, learning. So rather than focus on a single problem, I mean, and try to solve it and then solve another one and solve another one, and consistently be using our mind to figure things out, rather than that, what A Course in Miracles is telling us, go to the root. Go to the root. What I say is heal the root to have new fruit. Heal the root to have new fruit. So this is what A Course in Miracles is teaching us how, what to do. Not to solve the problem in the special forms, because it will, as it says here, it will recur and then recur again and yet again until it has been answered for all time and will not rise again in any form and only then are you released from it. The Holy Spirit offers you release from every problem that you think you have. They are the same to the Holy Spirit because each problem, regardless of the form it seems to take, is a demand that someone suffer loss and make a sacrifice that you might gain. All right. So let's look at that for a second. Let's just take the problem that you feel is most challenging and consider how does that problem contain a demand that someone suffer loss and make a sacrifice that you might gain. 
Did someone suffer loss and make a sacrifice that you might gain? So let's think about this. A a lot of times people's perceived problems are in their health. So how could the problem of, let's say, my health challenge be a demand that someone suffer loss and make a sacrifice that I might gain? How could that be? Can I even see that that's possible? How could that be? Well, underneath a lot of health challenges, there often seems to be some resentment, some regret, something like that that is underneath there. So underneath the health challenge, underneath the emotional challenge, underneath the financial challenge, There's some judgment that we've been holding on to, perhaps for a very long time, perhaps for many, many lifetimes. Something we're holding against someone. Maybe even ourselves from a previous lifetime. And we have a demand of them. That they have to apologize. That they have to recognize. That they have to make amends. Something something that we're holding on to, some judgment, opinion. And the only way we can feel free is if they do something, if they make some sacrifice of the ego, some sacrifice, uh, some capitulation, something. Underneath a lot of our health and financial and relationship and creativity issues, are these old regrets and resentments where we would like to place a demand on someone that they understand us, even that they forgive us, that they have compassion for us, that they make amends to us, that they do something, that they make some reparation, admit their betrayal, Admit something. Oftentimes, underneath all of our problems, there's something like that. Some gnarly old pattern that we've long last, excuse me, long lost track of. We've lost track of it. But there it is, underneath everything. This is why I love that A Course in Miracles teaches us we don't have to understand it. We don't. Sometimes it just seems like so much work to try to understand it. A lot of times we try to understand other people in order to either control or manipulate them or to somehow improve our relationship with them. But let's be honest here. How many of us really understand ourselves? I'm only beginning to understand myself as I forget this identification with the ego. The more I release the attachment to the identification of the ego, the more I know myself as my God self, the more I finally understand myself. But when we're identified with the ego, the ego is almost impossible to understand in the specific level. We can only really understand it is generally, it's just always looking for a way to keep separation alive. It's always looking for a way to keep us unsatisfied by offering some kind of false temporary satisfaction. That's the endless problem, showing up in this form, then that form, in this form, in that form. When we think the things of this world are what's going to make us happy, then there's always a problem. It's always something that's causing a difficulty, and our happiness is eluding us. But when our happiness comes from knowing our true identity, knowing our real self, then the happiness is where we are. 
we're cultivating the happiness through knowing our true self and that of our brothers and sisters. So it says here, when the situation is worked out so no one loses, is the problem gone? Because it was an error in perception that has now been corrected. So that's the solution, that no one loses. This is why I think one of the most precious learnings I've had over the many years I've been a spiritual student is that the highest and best for anyone is the highest and best for everyone. The highest and best for anyone is the highest and best for everyone because we're one. It doesn't look that way to the ego. It only looks that way when we're willing to have divine sight. Clear seeing, clear knowing, clear feeling. This is the truth of our life. And it's so precious that we can cultivate this awareness that the highest and best for anyone is the highest and best for everyone. This is the release from so much suffering right there in that. And so we can just remind ourselves all the time that when we're looking for the highest and best, when we recognize the highest and best, It will be of service to all. And we can rest in that. That loving choices are always in service to all. What a blessing. Now that's a way to solve a problem. (laughs) Ah, Well, you can hear the music. It's time for me to take a break. And when you are on your break, one of the things you can do is you can check out JenniferHadley.com. I've got a number of things on right now. My relationship reboot class is on. You can jump in and join us at any point. And we've also got the events coming up in May. My Stop Playing Small Retreat and my Spiritual Counseling Training. My Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive. Alright, check those out at jenniferhadley.com. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and you know what? We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and our topic this week is Problem Solving the Course in Miracles Way. And I'm just going to mention a couple of things about my upcoming events here in case you're interested. So my Stop Playing Small Retreat, uh, this is the first time I've done one with this exact topic, my Stop Playing Small a series that we did last fall, which you can still listen to. It was awesome. The Stop Playing Small Summit at JenniferHadley.com on the events page. You can still get all those downloads totally free. Love it. The whole summit was totally free. And uh, so I got inspired to do a retreat, four days, three nights, in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. The beautiful retreat center there. We're going to have such a fun time. I always like to do a lot of deep healing release work. And then, boy, it's just the natural thing. We just start to have a lot of fun. (laughs) And so I like to do a combination of healing and playfulness in a beautiful setting with great food, great people, food folks and fun. So it's a great combination. And uh, we always have a great time on retreat together. We really do. So come and check that out. And then uh, I am finally, once again, opening up the doors of my spiritual counseling training. So I'm very pleased about that. The spiritual counseling training, there's a couple options here. So if you would like to become a spiritual counselor, then please check out my certification and training at jenniferhadley.com. And for those of you who already are uh, in some way a professional, you could be a minister or a practitioner, you could be a coach, uh, a therapist, 
all kinds of professions like to improve their counseling skills or are required to get continuing education units and licensing units, things like that. So you can come. This is a week-long intensive where we really immerse ourselves and focus on spiritual counseling. One of the benefits of the spiritual counseling intensive is you get to heal a lot of your own stuff. You get some real counseling. Uh, with me and others, and it's a powerful, uh, powerful experience. I remember when I did it last time, one of the participants who'd been in class with me for a number of years uh, took me aside and said, Jennifer, I really had no idea it could be this good. I think that's one of the nicest things that I've ever heard about the work I offer because coming from someone who had already done years of work with me, to say that was really uh, just a beautiful thing to hear. And, of course, it was a total testimony to their willingness to look at their own stuff and to join together with others. So when we join together in this way, there's so much healing that happens. And then... Uh, All of these events are in North Carolina in May at this gorgeous retreat center in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And we have payment plans. We'll help you out if you'd like to come. If you know you're willing and ready to do the work, let's let's do it together. Yes, indeed. All the details at jenniferhadley.com. So, problem solving the A Course in Miracles way. So, it says here that... When we allow the Holy Spirit to work out the solution, to resolve the problem, then no one loses. The problem is gone because the problem was an error in perception that now has been corrected. Why not allow the Holy Spirit, the I Am Presence, your guardian angel, whatever you'd like to call it, do the heavy lifting and solve the problem? Now, it does require our willingness. And Course in Miracles says a little willingness is all that's required. But anyone who's done this work, they know that maybe a little willingness is all that's required. Abundant willingness, a lot of willingness, total willingness is what's going to get it done. Let's get her done. That's what I say. Let's get her done. Let's buck up and give it to the Holy Spirit and be all in for our healing. Who's all in? I am. And still I can see the ways in my life where, oh, there's some resistance. There's some reluctance. Mm-hmm. Some people call it laziness. I I don't know about laziness. I think there's resistance and reluctance. You can call it laziness if you like. But... Um, and, you know, sloth, one of the seven deadly sins, I think that's just a, a sin-mindedness, laziness. Resistance and reluctance, we're not entirely willing and available for our healing. When we're really non-resistant, then we're willing to look at things and see what's really going on. So rather than just see the meaning that we've made of things, our interpretation of things, we're willing to see what's really going on. We're willing to see this is a projection of my own making. So, for instance, a lot of people have a problem in their relationship that they don't feel loved the way they'd like to feel loved. And they get very irritated, frustrated, and upset by it. So then they they try different tactics. So one tactic might be to, uh, in problem solving, might be, well, let me just explain what's really going on here. If I can explain it, then they'll understand it. Then they'll do things differently. How many times have we tried that? Trying to just have a sit-down conversation and to explain things when it just didn't work. I had a recent conversation with a loved one who kept saying, I don't understand why you're telling me this. So then I explained why I was telling it. And they said, you've already told me that. Why are you telling me that again? I don't understand why you're telling me this. 
And so I said, well, you said you didn't understand what I was talking about, so I thought if I told you in more detail, you would understand why I'm talking about it. (laughs) And we kind of went around and around like that for a little bit, and then I realized, okay, this is not helpful. (laughs) I'm giving this to the Holy Spirit. And because the truth is that sometimes we don't wish to understand. That's not our goal. That's not our desire. Sometimes our desire is to ignore, to not understand. You know, it's that thing that we do when we're little kids and you put your fingers in your ears and you go, na, 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 when you don't want to hear something. Well, we do that in a a lot of different ways. That's part of what self-medication is for. We're withdrawing from our family. We're withdrawing from our friends. We're withdrawing from the love and the light with the self-medication because we're in overwhelm. We are not able to process what's going on in the moment or not willing to process what's going on in the moment. This is why a lot of times I find it so helpful to just be still and know I am God. Just that simple practice. When you feel overwhelmed, you feel like you don't know what to do, if you don't know what to do, then you're not feeling inspired. You're not feeling divinely guided, which means you're not in tune with your higher self. You're in tune with the ego. So why take action if you don't know what to do? Instead of being stressed and afraid that you don't know what to do, relax, be still, and know I am God. And what I've done is I've said, God works with me on a need-to-know basis. I'm willing to know. And God will, the higher self, the Holy Self, Holy Spirit, I am Presence, Guardian Angel, whatever you'd like to call it, will let me know as I need to know. And in the meantime, I can rest in faith, knowing that all things work together for my good. So it's a matter of having trust in the one love, trust in the, the light of God healing us now. So this, this is a deep spiritual practice to just go into that space of being still and knowing I am God. I don't have to figure it out. I'm willing to take direction. So why do I have to figure it out? If I don't know what the direction is yet, then I just wait. I wait in my willingness. I cultivate the willingness. That will work really well for me. It always does. So this is what we're cultivating as our way of healing the mind, the heart, all sense of separation, the willingness to be still and know I am God. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in our mind so we can listen in our mind. And one of my favorite teachings in A Course in Miracles is about prayer. So there's this this booklet that you may or may not have heard of called the Song of Prayer. It's like an addendum to A Course in Miracles. And uh, one of the things it tells in there, in terms of prayer, and it's so sweet and simple, lay everything on the altar that you think you want. Give all your needs and wants and cares to the Holy Spirit. Lay them on the altar. Give them to God. The most precious gift that we could give to God is the sense of needing, wanting, the sense of confusion, the sense of having a problem. We place all this on the altar. We give it away. And then we rest, knowing in gratitude that we need do nothing. We allow. We allow the healing to happen. We allow the revelation of truth and insight, guidance and wisdom to be revealed in our mind. 
I notice that practicing this more and more, my life gets so much easier. I don't have to figure out how to do things. Sometimes it, it can seem like, huh, the timing on this is so interesting. I really thought I had a desire for this six months ago. But it seems like now is the timing for this. Hmm, isn't that interesting? So we're learning all the time. Learning to let go and let God. This is really what that phrase means. So a lot of times people will ask me, how do I let go? How do I let God? And it's not easy. I will say that. It's not easy until we are willing to have trust and faith. Trust and faith is the bedrock of our sense of freedom, our peace of mind, our sense of harmony and clarity. Trust and faith is our bedrock. So while we're cultivating trust and faith, we practice the release of trying to figure it out. That's what the let go and let God is. When our mind is stressing, we're running over and over again the problem, the potential solutions, then we're trying to solve the problem. Remember, God didn't make the problem because the problem isn't real. Everything that God made is real. Everything that God made is eternal. It's infinite. And the things that the ego made are temporary and illusory. So we're living in this temporary, temporal, time-based, space-based experience where it seems like time and space are real. It seems like problems are real. It seems like poverty is a real problem. But the solution is not out there in the world. The, the issue of poverty is not one of money. The issue of hunger is not one of food. There's plenty of food on the planet. There's plenty of money. Hoarding, which is a belief in separation, when we hoard things, then the problem that emerges is a sense of lack. So if you apply this to your own life, if you have a sense of lack, it could be anywhere in your life. Lack of love, lack of health, lack of wealth, lack of knowledge or intelligence, lack of time. Just consider one area in your life where you have a sense of lack. And then, if you look at your thinking, you're affirming lack over and over again. It's always the case. We're going to experience our thoughts made manifest. And it can seem so challenging. How do I affirm abundance and prosperity and wealth when I can't even buy enough food to feed my family. How would I do that? When I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, how can I affirm that I'm abundant and I'm prosperous? Well, that willingness factor. We bring that willingness factor in. That willingness factor solves a lot of uh, the forms of problems and it goes to the root cause of all problems. I'm willing to know who I am. I am willing to know my God self. I'm willing to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to surrender all belief in problems. I'm willing to know the truth that sets me free. So one of the things that has worked so well for me is affirming these willingness statements all day. I'm willing to be still and know I am God. I am willing to be still and know that God is my source. I am willing to be still and know that my source is abundant and prosperous and unlimited, and so am I. 
I am willing to know these things about myself and I'm willing to know them about my brothers and sisters. So we have problems when we affirm lack and limitation, lack and attack thoughts. So when we look at our brothers and sisters and we say, they're an idiot, they're stupid, they're never going to, they're always going to, these limited thoughts, when we think them about ourselves and our brothers and sisters, of course we're going to experience more and more separation. It never fails that when someone is really suffering from lack and limitation in their experience, that when we examine their thinking together, they've been intensely judging others or themselves and affirming it day in and day out. The tremendous amount of worry in this world Worry is the negative use of our imagination. It's imagining what we don't wish coming to pass. Our mind is so powerful, we can change our mind. What I love about the teaching of the Course of Course in Miracles is it reminds us, you don't even have to figure out how to do any of this. You don't. Just work the workbook. Just do that. I don't know what anything is for. I'm never upset for the reason I think. A lot of problems can be solved with the beautiful prayer on page 90. So helpful. You can learn this so easy. So you're not at peace. You've got the sense of a problem. Here's the prayer. I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but... I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let Him. I choose to let Him by allowing Him to decide for God, for me. Yeah. And, you know, so many of the um, TV shows and movies that are suspenseful, it's um, we watch the main characters or tragedies. We watch the main characters continuously make unloving, unkind, limiting choices. And we know that they are making their life more and more miserable. There are so many stories that are like this you know it it can be a comedy where they just keep making things worse for themselves and worse for themselves and it, it goes on and on and on until they finally collapse into surrender there are so many movies and stories like this because this is our story this is our movie where we keep doing the same patterns over and over again, choosing the lack, the limitation, the separation, and it brings a more and more constrictive experience. But we can give all the healing to the Holy Spirit because one mistake is not more difficult for the Holy Spirit to bring to truth than is another. For there is but one mistake. The whole idea that loss is possible and can result in gain for anyone. That's the whole thing right there. The idea that loss is possible and can result in gain for anyone. So if you think of people, for instance, who've had the experience, as many have in the last couple of decades, where it seems like they're robbed of their inheritance. I hear lots of people fighting with their siblings over their inheritance. I also hear stories of people having all kinds of challenges with their uh, savings and their pensions or uh, their mortgages and things like this where people have become greedy Corporations, the people who run them become greedy and uh, at the expense of others. And so 
there's the sense that I've suffered this tremendous loss. I can never get it back. Tremendous regret, tremendous resentment. And when there's uh, tremendous unforgiveness projected outwards, if we can do the self-forgiveness work, we can go a long way towards solving this belief in separation problem. So, for instance, people who work with uh, in situations where they seem to have been robbed of their pension or uh, disenfranchised, people who um, have had uh, challenges with their mortgage and their house taken away, the mortgage balloons and then they can't make the payments. And very often when they're so angry, at the company, the corporation, or the people that uh, seem to have boxed them into a corner, taken advantage of them, manipulated them, or controlled them, what most people can't forgive is themselves. Because most people, when you talk with them privately, if you ask them, did they have any intuitive knowledge that this was not the best choice? A lot of them did. Uh, Sometimes they don't wish to admit it or look at it because they'd rather be a victim than be responsible. But taking responsibility is the way out of separation thinking. Because our mind is the mind of God. Our hand is the hand of God. Our heart is the heart of God. Our life is the life of God, now and forever. We are one with God. We are expressions of God. We're emanations of God. Whatever terminology you'd like to give to it, in this world, our word is the word of God. Our thought is the thought of God. Where we place our attention, we're going to be manifesting things in form. Form is our thoughts. Form is our feelings. Form is our experience. Form is the world we think we see. So, when we say things are happening to us, we're, we're incorrect. Things are not happening to us. They're happening by us, through us. As us. And so the one we can't forgive inevitably is ourselves. We're the one who decided to take that job, make that deal. We're the one who decided to sign that mortgage contract. We're the one who decided to sleep with that person, to marry that person, to whatever. We're the one who decided to walk down that alley. Where does, and that's the thing that oftentimes people aren't. They're either not willing to look at and forgive themselves, or they blame themselves. So, as Course in Miracles students, we move out of blame and no blame. We live a blame-free life. We don't blame anyone, including ourselves. We take total responsibility. So, our desire is to undo all the blame, known and unknown, felt and not felt, heard and not heard, seen and not seen, all the blame from any lifetime, from any point ever in our experience. We release all blame, we forgive ourselves, we forgive our debts and our debtors, we forgive the trespasses, and the trespassers. That's it. You know that beautiful prayer, the Lord's Prayer, it's so helpful to us. This is the way. Course in Miracles tells us over and over and over again that this is the way to our freedom. In the chapter 21, section 2, Responsibility for Sight, it says so clearly here, how to solve every problem. And here it is. We And it starts with, we've repeated how little is asked of you to learn this course. It is the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy. The little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit for which He gives you everything, the very little on which salvation rests, 
the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. And being true, it is so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. Rejected, yes, but not ambiguous. And if you choose against it now, it will not be because it is obscure, but rather that this little cost seemed, in your judgment, to be too much to pay for peace. So here it is. You decide if it's too much to pay for peace. This is the only thing that you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and complete escape from sin. All to be given to you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. That's it, right there. I am responsible for what I see. And my, my shorthand is, I am responsible for what I see, and everything is just as I wish it would be. So, the problems that we're solving are aspects of the one belief in separation. Separation is not real. Therefore, neither are our are problems. So, let us be desiring to see the real world. We take responsibility for everything that we see. Say, ah, everything that I see has been planned for me. It's my projection, and I can see differently. I can see truth instead of this. Holy Spirit, help me now. That's it. Holy Spirit, help me now. When we think we have a problem, turn it over to the Holy Spirit. Help me now. It works when you work it. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude here and be so grateful and so thankful for the problem-solving tools of A Course in Miracle. The tool of the Holy Spirit is awake and alive with each one of us. So grateful and so thankful that we have everything we need pre-installed within us. So grateful and thankful to access it now, to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we joyfully let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, indeed. Hope to see you at the Course in Miracles conference. And remember, this radio broadcast is a gift from the people who donate. So thank you for your contributions. If you would like to make a contribution, you can do so at jenniferhadley.com. It's a tax-deductible contribution to Power of Love Ministry, or you can go to powerofloveministry.net. Thank you for your love and support. God bless you. Mwah.